You know, I always thought I'd be a film composer when I when I got older. It looked difficult, but it looked possible. This is Disney's Four Scores, a podcast that takes you inside the world of composers like Randy Newman and Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez, the songwriters of Frozen 2. We put in things like the Ond Martineau, which is a crazy instrument that they use in Ghostbusters. It's a sort of a woo-woo machine. Subscribe to Four Scores wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. Hey guys, welcome back to We Watch the Movie. I'm Mike. I'm Jay. And we're both disappointed sexually and in the fact that Halloween, the trailer did not drop. I have become extremely sexually frustrated. I don't even know what to do with my life right now except go and binge watch Dora the Explorer Season 1. Which I'm going to do. And you guys that are out there, you guys are... I'm not alone in that. I'm more of a Go Diego Go kind of guy. More inside baseball. A little more indie. He's racist. (laughs) <laughs> probably uh yeah so uh this is the review for upgrade and i gotta give jay severe props right now and i'm very sorry that i love it based on uh let me bask in it wait my, my wait st- based on my strong my strong uh predictables prediction that the halloween trailer would drop today on june 1st or maybe last night with the upgrade premiere i have uh, learned the many ways of uh, thanos my child yes <laughs> nothing comes as it, it seems jay called into work today and, i did um and i don't know if uh, i should be saying that out loud completely pointless <laughs> it was i it had was, the whole freaking day off you like, are now I, stupider for having presented yourself yeah but yet i had a whole day off and doing nothing but eating popcorn and again door the explorer season one was mine to champion basically I did nothing. <laughs> I, I just sat at home being very depressed and watching YouTube, hoping that something would crop up on Facebook yeah. that the trailer had been redropped. It was a very sad day for all of us. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and here's the risk, guys. The big risk, and what I'm really scared uh, is going to happen, is, okay, so today's Friday night, right? Mm-hmm. Friday night. Um, Which gets way to Saturday. Right, hours. it does. Typically, trailers don't drop Saturday and Sunday, in my experience at least. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But this is Halloween. Uh, but... Uh, this is Halloween, <laughs> so, but uh, you know, I, I guess I guess the new if you if you had to put a prediction, which we should stop with the goddamn Y two K shit. Um, it's a fucking trailer, you know. But damn, are we excited? Um, Monday, Tuesday, maybe they maybe they give. Uh, yeah, I mean, Blumhouse said he, Jason Blum said early June. Like, he said early June, so maybe they give upgrade a little bit of time to breathe, and they drop it on Monday or Tuesday. If they don't, we're gonna be really fucked because I am leaving. For, on uh, a jet plane, a little place <laughs> called Minnesota, Minnesota, um, Minnesota, meaning the good land. Yes, uh, I'm leaving for, for Minnesota on Wednesday and won't be back till Saturday ish. Uh, if the trailer, the trailer's going to drop Wednesday morning. That's so, what that means. Uh, so I'm going to. Uh, it'll be a solo adventure. I'll be bringing you the news. Uh, <laughs> I'll be watching it alone and reviewing it with you guys just by my lonesome. And guess what? We'll do just fine. You should film it on the toilet. We'll be. Hey, you know what? I'm going to film it on the toilet now. <laughs> If it sucks, this, the, you're going to hear one plop. Be like, it's like that's, what I, that's what I feel about the trailer. Let's hear it for not wiping. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I won't either. Just straight buckle up. Old West style. Uh, yeah. But yeah, either way, uh, we were you know, we're disappointed. It didn't drop during the uh, front run part of Upgrade. But what we did get out of it, the good nougat in the middle of what we all expected to be the Halloween trailer, is a good goddamn movie. Yes, we did. Upgrade was fucking awesome. And like, I don't know, like... I know a lot of people out there, probably like 27.2% of you, were going to go see it just for the movie alone. And luckily, Mike and I found ourselves in the 27.2%. We might have been on the 27.4%, but let's not worry about that little guy. Uh, that just wanted to go see a great movie, and it is. It's a throwback action film 
that has no apologies for being fucking goddamn graphic, violent, and in your face with... Does the plot somewhat make sense? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, but it's not like exactly something... It's not a. It's not an intellectual film by any stretch of the imagination. I also, I, like I know, I also like the fact that when you're done watching it, if you guys remember growing up in the '90s and getting uh, used to those films like the Seagal, Van Damme type of error, it, it, it frees those animal spirits inside you, and you hear a Seagal and, and a Van Damme come out in the brightness of light, and you you crank the fucking volume on your Sirius XM radio to nothing but George Thorogood, The Destroyers, Bad of the Bone when you're leaving the theater. I felt like that. I don't know if you guys felt like that, but I felt like that. I, I felt awesome. What I did feel... I felt upgraded. I did feel... Uh, <laughs> when you mentioned Steven Seagal, it reminded me when I was watching this, there is a strong... It, there's a strong hard-to-kill vibe in this movie for a mm-hmm. moment because literally uh, there's a tragedy that happens. And we, I, I, we'll talk some spoilers maybe later in the in the podcast. Which, we'll go straight into the spoiler now. There's not a lot of... They, they didn't yeah. give away a lot of the reasons for the plot uh, in the trailer, which is cool, but so we won't either. But there's a tragedy that happens, and when he wakes up from it, he's got a beard. And I was like, yeah. fucking hard to it kill. It was, it was. And, and you know, the, the coolest thing about this is that um, Jason Blum was able to get in front of, uh, you know, in front of the whole thing and be like, look, Halloween may drop or it may, may not. He didn't really say it would or anything like that, but he maybe, to some of us implied it, maybe to get a little traction going. And that was genius marketing on his part to get people to go see. I mean, because, you know, they, they did take a lot of time to make this film. And, and yes, it's not, uh, you know, fucking, I don't know, Minority Report or anything. It's not Mission Impossible Fallout. But it's still a really cool-ass uh, flick that I think anybody that just wants to go have a good popcorn time uh, at the theater would love to go see just for that for that reason alone. Um and yeah, as far as like spoilers and stuff, there's really uh, they they were uh, again really smart in the trailers. I mean, it's pretty easy to surmise what's going on. I think even in the plot on Wikipedia or IMDb, they say that you know a man seeks revenge for his family and then kind of encounters you know this machine thing that gives him the power to do so. It doesn't really give you enough to really go on as far as like oh well, okay, I've already seen all most of it. And they didn't. It's not. It's not a tent you know, pole kind of movie, but still well worth the fucking ticket price wherever you are. And, um, you know, just, just have a good time, uh, and realize that after you're done watching this, that this is exactly what Siri is going to become <laughs> in the next 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. They actually do touch on that whole voice thing and the whole thing. Cause it's, it's, it's based in the future. You get a lot of futuristic stuff, but we talked about this before. They don't go too far into the future. Thank it's God. not, it's not too crazy. Um, it's a throwback movie. Yeah. Uh, but what I love about this movie and what I, it's weird, man. in the marketing bearded phase, men. Yeah. I love bearded <laughs> men. Oh I know. God. Uh, but no, in the marketing for this, it's very strange because there weren't a whole lot of trailers for it. A lot of people, when we talked about Halloween, came came to us and were like, well, I don't even know what the fuck Upgrade is. Um, they don't have a lot of faith in the fact of the movies. They have a lot of faith in the movie. Like, they love the movie. Blumhouse has been promoting the shit out of this movie um, on like Twitter and social media and stuff like that. And rightfully so, because it's a movie that needs to be seen. But it's weird how they've been doing it because Lee Winnell even said, and we'll get into this in the spoiler talk later, but... He even said they asked him about a sequel, and he was like, "Look, I was pretty much told, like, you, you know what? You're making a, a, you're making an action movie that's not a tentpole movie or whatever, and uh, it's not going to make enough for a sequel uh, based on how it's tracking. It's not going to make enough for a sequel. So, uh, I does could it could it could it get a sequel? Yeah, and they could do a million cool things with it, and I hope that it does. And I gotta say, my theater was full. See, I, I had a <clears throat> I had a really weird theater. I, I felt like the nursing homes got let out early, and it was like there was actually." quite a few uh 
elderly folk in there. The older, and I the thought older I was, population likes I know, that and I was original so, content. Yeah, but I was so weirded out because when I was sitting in the theater by my lonesome, I thought I was in the wrong fucking theater because it, it was limited. The release was limited. So I was like, did I choose the right movie? Was this the wrong movie? Did they... It wasn't totally limited. I mean, it's it's, it's well. I mean, it's limited years. in our town or it's, in where we can view movies. Well, but no, was, no, it's not because it's actually playing here. So that oh, means well, it's son of a bitch, why don't you just take a piss I'm on my just, face? I'm just, so I'm uh, just correcting you. Don't correct me in front of the public. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So anyway, uh, there was a lot of uh, early bird specials that were there, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I was looking over and I was seeing like you know grumpy old men part one and part two audience, and I was like, okay, so I'm not in the right movie. But by God, I was, and. Uh, but I didn't have a huge full audience. It was a small theater, and it was kind of an intimate thing. I, I kind of enjoyed it that way better. So when the cool-ass death scenes happen, when the cool-ass graphic scenes come on, I can actually you know, take up my meat and beat it, and nobody would say anything. Yeah, you will, too. I did. I totally did it in the darkness of that theater. I've seen it. I know. I've well, seen it with my own well, two eyes. Well, you helped me with it. <laughs> uh, don't tell people about that. Uh, uh, not, in, not in private. Not in private. Uh, yeah, but anyway. I, either I, way. It was I a, helped you watch the door so that you could finish. I didn't touch your wiener, Jay. Well, you said you helped me with it. I said I would. I was filling blanks in. But yeah, uh, it was a that was a long night in Tijuana. We forget about that. You can that. find that video on RedTube. Oh, God. Was it on? I was hoping it was on something else. Like I a little bit classier. I was, us, I was using you for hits. It was the whole YouTube monetization thing, and I was like, I gotta get some hits. I, we we should have got a porn up. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, the, the point of the matter is, Mike had a full theater. I didn't have a full theater. But either way, it was one of those movies that are that I think is. It's not like it's not gonna be an instant classic, but it's it's generational enough that it can reach. Uh, older folk that love those kind of movies and and middle middle of the road and then even younger ones because when when you're watching the film the bad guys aren't exactly fleshed out I guess to a point where you're like oh my god they have so many different diabolical deeds and I this or that but they're they're fleshed out to a just enough point where you're like I fucking hate everything about them and I hope they get depression in their knee like you're just very angry and upset about them and uh, also. Um, the overall motivations for what the guy's doing is is pretty clear cut and easy to uh, easy to go with. There are a few moments in it though that you're like, uh, okay, either shit or get off the pot, my friend, because you're making it seem you're you're taking us out of it. The main guy is not sure. Logan Marshall Green uh, is not sure whether he wants to go full on Kevin Bacon death sentence revenge or he wants to to. To take the once you the commit less, this man's army, there's only one way up. Yeah, the, the, so. the less aggressive means of it, because oh. you know from the trailers that, that yeah. a computer takes him over and it, and it gives him the the ability to be Jason Bourne, basically. But uh, at, there's some points like he wants to go on this revenge tour, and it, he and you want it to go there. You want it to go Charles Bronson full on out. But then at you weird said the points, revenge tour, Romney yeah. kiss, <laughs> the you, kiss tour. You want that, but then he'll stop and be like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this, and then he'll go back. But then he'll keep investigating and trying to figure it out. It's like when you say shit or get off the pot, that's that's the perfect explanation for it. And that's that's one of the few things I could take again away from this movie because what I love about it is it's a movie and it's bullshit because, look, a sci-fi movie like uh, Ex Machina can mm-hmm. come out and because it's a little bit fucking artsy and that's a good movie. I like that movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, Oscar Isaac did a great like job it. in it. But <laughs> because it's a little bit artsy and a little bit auteur, uh, you know, people freak out over it and they're like, it's the next, but it's, oh, it's great that this indie movie is going to get huge and it gets an Oscar look and it, and it gets all this stuff. But because this is Lee Whannell who, who, you know, he wrote, uh, he helped write Saw with James Wan. He directed Insidious 3. This, this, <clears> by the way, directorial effort wise, Upgrade is a beautifully directed movie. Yeah, it's really you 
can see done. his marks all over it. It's it, Insidious Three was all right; it was fine. But compared to that, this is night and day. I think he's <clears throat> he's definitely shown that he can direct an action movie, and, like yeah, and and a sci-fi movie too. Yeah. And like just he puts a lot of work into his in the the way he moves the camera, the way he shifts from scene to scene, the the way that that he has his characters move. Uh, it, it's a it's a it's a fucking perfectly directed film. It so just is. The the main thing that I, I think that um, but no, we well, can I, say oh, I didn't finish my thought. Oh. The, God, I thought you were done. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah. But when the thing that pisses me off is that, like, because it's not, I don't want to say like altruistic and indie enough, like, people aren't talking about it or giving it enough credit because it is by the numbers. There's not a whole lot to it. It's not really deep. You know, it's not setting out to be that. And all the things that I think a lot of moviegoers, like you said, old people go to the theater. I think old people go to the theater for movies like this because they're the ones that don't give a fuck if everybody's tweeting and talking about it or whatever. They, yeah. they just want an original piece of a movie. So I think that it's, it's a shame that a movie like this, they don't even expect to do that well when it's the kind of movie that should do well. Word of mouth should get out there. People be like, this movie's kick-ass. It's sci-fi. It's fun. It's got a really cool Blade Runner feel to it. There's a lot of Blade Runner vibes, and I just—it's a shame that because it's not a little bit more, you know, it's not a little more artsy fartsy. People aren't talking about it in the same way. I think, yeah, it's one of those movies that, um, unfortunately, because we live in a post superhero society, that these movies just would get buried really quickly under the radar and and you know unfortunately that's just the case of it like you know back in the 90s that we mentioned this we we talked about this multiple times those throwback uh action films would be all the rave and there was a time um you know i guess from like 1988 on to like 1994 95 where there was or 96 even there was just a giant uh massive amounts of people that were going to see you know kind of not low intellectual action films, but the kind of films that you sit through, you throw some popcorn in your mouth, you have a good time, you get a blowjob from your girlfriend, whatever it may be, and then go out of the theater feeling like a badass. Like, you, you just had a good time. We all stood up and clapped at the end of Independence and Day. And you had to, you know, zip up your We fly. fucking did. But, yeah, so... But, unfortunately, we don't live in that society anymore. We live more in a post-superhero society. And, and there's nothing... You know, look, I'm the first to admit that I love the fucking superhero uh, tentpole movies. I love the... All that shit's... But um, there is something about going back and having those kind of action films available to you on the big screen, and they're new and they're fresh, and maybe they've maybe they've taken liberties with certain uh, story plots or uh, story elements and kind of mixed them in. You know, they're not exactly original, but really in this world, what is and thrown out on the big. But it's still cool that they exist. Uh, in this movie, for example. Um, you mentioned Jason Bourne. There's a, there, there's a very much a Jason Bourne vibe, but there's also a RoboCop vibe. There's a yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme cyborg uh, thing going on, a little bit of Death Sentence, which I know that was in the 2000s, but still, it, it all like coalesces perfectly in this movie. And, and the only thing that really took me out of it, uh, sometimes the... I don't know if it's the writing or if it was the acting or the directing or whatever it may be, but sometimes I think they, they spend a little bit too much time on certain elements that that just felt like <clears throat> kind of fractured and not really in the right place as far as the flow of a movie goes. Like they would have an arrest in, in the uh, momentum of the movie after something really cool happened or something that was revealed and then you really get pumped up and then it takes you back down for a second and it wants to explain a plot point. You're like, I don't give a fuck that you have to be four foot nine to be on this ride. I'm already on it. I don't care that one kid's not going to get on the ride. Fuck his father. So, you know, but that, but it was kind of like that. It was like up and down roller coaster sometimes with the momentum. But still, in the end, it, it held up to its end of the bargain. And I definitely didn't regret at all paying um, my 950 
for a ticket, which is cheap. I know to a lot of you guys, but I know people. Mine was ten fifty. Mine was ten fifty. I got nine fifty, and I got a great theater but, with a bunch of old folk <laughs> that we talked about stories and things. <laughs> the uh, let's talk about Logan Marshall Green real quick because okay. I have a weird. Um, Crush? No, well, you know. <laughs> he does look like Tom he Hardy, He's just like fucking Tom I Hardy. Know. The guy's career is strange for me because, like, sometimes there's just a certain way he acts. It, you mentioned Robocop. It's like Joel Kinnaman. Sometimes yeah. Joel Kinnaman's a really good actor. And then sometimes he has this, like, I don't know if it's like a street thing that he, he does. Like, yeah, it was it's a like, street thing. There's just some attitude about him that I don't, it feels like, you know, Did, somebody hey, you'd hey, meet hey, around here. Disingenuous. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody you'd meet around, like, Winchester or some shit like that. It's like, why are you trying to go hard? <laughs> but, you know, I'm just talking pillow talk. <laughs> pillow talking with a bitch. Yeah. But, uh, the, uh, uh sometimes local Mar- Marshall Green kind of has that a little bit, but then sometimes he's great. Like, I, I think I got off on the wrong foot with him because. Uh, I always remember Prometheus, and I fucking hated his character in Prometheus, but then again, you were supposed to. He was a cunt bag. He was a cunt waffle iron, and it's nobody the worst liked kind him. Of cunt. Um, but, and I, I just I didn't like that role, that character, anything about it. But then again, uh, he also did Devil, which you can say what you want about Devil. It's one of those weird uh, produced M. Night Shyamalan movies, but. He was he was okay in that, and then you've got him in the invitation in which everybody thought he was Tom Hardy in that movie. But he looked he was really good in that. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he was really good in this too. So I think I think I'm on that train now. For a little bit there, I was like, I don't fucking like that guy. Uh, but I think that was just Prometheus. You know, I think that he did really good in this. He was likable. You see in the trailer when um, Stim takes over and he starts doing badass karate shit. Uh, his, his like surprise and like his naivety to it is really fun to watch. Like he's pretty funny. And the movie, you know what I noticed too. There's, I think Marvel has has me built to to look for certain jokes in certain moments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they they they're they're good at it, but they do it a little bit too much sometimes. They, you're like a trained bitch in their circus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I like a circus when I seal. I snap the whip. The whoop, lion whoop. says, "What up?" <laughs> but um, it, there's a couple times where I thought, "There, oh, here's here comes this joke," and they didn't do it. Like they would do one joke, and then you know. they would get back to serious territory, and I appreciated that. I um, I would say um. I don't want to give a lot uh, away about certain moments in the film until we actually get into a spoilerific kind of territory. But there is a moment at the very beginning, which I think it, uh, not the very, very beginning, but more towards the middle of the beginning of the movie, um, that it it does explore, I I think, the spectrum of the guy as far as his acting ability. Because there's one particular part, and I I don't think I can tell you guys without spoiling the movie, but there's one particular part where a tragedy uh, has occurred and um, his mother is there, and she's kind of helping him. Did you almost cry, dude? I did. I did, too. I, I literally, <laughs> I did too. I literally almost cried. But don't say it like that, like we're fucking like, frat bros. That I just, was alone in the I know, theater. I, I, was was too. Like, <laughs> I know, I was looking for your hand in the left seat, and there was nobody. So I touched an old person's hand. I'm like, you have experience. Uh, but no, I mean, yeah, it was. It was one of those things that really hit you. Use my tears as lubrication. It did, and I did use it as lubrication and went home and, and thought about my life. But no, uh, yeah, there is a, there is a, a moment. And it, and for and for some reason it just it doesn't catch you off guard necessarily. It's not like you didn't see it coming, but it's done so eloquently. I think it's done it's done with such a kind of a passion yeah. that and the, and 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 the guy is selling it so well that you're like, man, you know, you're able to put yourself in those particular uh, Nikes for a moment and just be like, I wear Reeboks, but in this point, I'm wearing Nikes, and I I feel it. Like I understand like. Your life is kind of fucked. Hey, like your life is over, and this is your reality now. And you, 
you know, you, you, at this point, your your brain just hits the wall, and you're like, "Fuck!" I mean, "Fuck!" Are they those I mean, Kyle, shit? Are they the, are they those Reese Nikes from Terminator? I always love those Nikes. No, they, when he when no, he breaks into the no, department no. store, he gets the green long coat, and then the, the no, those the, no, they're they're kind of like the four screen Kobe Bryant shoes that came Nikes. out. And nobody liked them. They like Black Mamba. They were bad ones, but yeah, it was it, that in that moment, it was just like. Man, this guy has got a lot of uh, acting ability, and I think untapped potential. He was great in that moment, and I and I and I honestly think it's you know, and I wanted to kind of rag on him a bit in some of the scenes that happened, but again, I don't know if it was his acting at all. Sometimes I I think it was just a bad directorial choice, or maybe a possible bad writing uh, part of the script that it just didn't deliver the line, or not that he didn't deliver the line, but it just didn't work for the in that particular scene. But me and Mike aren't directors, so I don't fucking know. I'm just saying. Overall, that guy is underrated. I think. I think he's actually a pretty underrated actor, to be honest. And uh, yes, see, I didn't even pick up on that. I thought. I thought he was. I thought. I never saw what you saw there. You didn't see what the, the Dorito coming across the screen. If I did, I would have eaten it. Because God damn it, I fucking love, love Doritos. Doritos. That's are good. the best fucking. What are you shit talking about? What didn't you see? I didn't see the uh, the, the the range. No, I didn't see the bad acting or the, the no. Okay, I know you're not saying bad acting, but the, yeah, yeah, but there. Well, okay. So my point, like, I don't again. Uh, it's it, it was such a it was a small thing for me, but it was it was sometimes when um, when he's talking to this entity that's in his brain after you know things have been done that you know he's confused he's not sure what's happening and then he's like what who you know it was it was kind of believable at first but then it was like who is that what have you done I don't believe you get out of my face okay and it just felt very like wooden almost and i again it, it could have just been a stale writing part or a passage of the script i don't know it just it didn't come off as as clean as the other scenes had come off up to that point because i think that you had such a great momentum going with that that drama that we're talking about that almost made well that kind of teared up yeah and then you go into something else lighthearted for you and it wasn't lighthearted. Well, I felt like again, maybe Moving you know what that. that that could be. That could be what it was. Maybe it was forced, like a forced comedy moment. It was like it just didn't work. Yeah, yeah. So that that might have. That's why maybe it took me out of because like okay, now you're trying to make yourself funny and it's really not working. I'll tell you what, dude, the way he moved was really dope. I love that when shit, it yeah. when it took him over and he would like he would move robotically. They did that so fucking when he raises well. up the bed with no support whatsoever yeah. from his legs and it's just his upper back. Yeah, that made me feel like when I'm late for work and I have to be there. <laughs> <laughs> you just rise up from right, the so bed when I when I hit that first sip of coffee in the morning. Yeah, it's but, immediate. Yeah. yeah, dude, it was it was amazing. Like the the robotic movements he would have, like it felt really really authentic. Like like because the whole idea is that this thing is 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 it it's called stem because it's you know it, it, I don't know what it I, stems those nerves together so that he can move his body and he can control it or whatever, yeah. but. Just the way that he would move, man, the movements were so authentic and real. Like, it was just, it, it was, you know, it, what? it made the fucking movie. Well, I mean, I don't think we're giving anything away by saying the name of the entity. No. I mean, we're not telling you exactly what it did or what it does for him, but its name is Stim, so we'll just get that out of the way. Uh, it's already been said, but yes, he, he does move a certain way with this thing with him, and uh, it did feel like the commitment level. That he had, you know, again, it's it's another sign of a great actor, the way that he's able to show that on camera. Uh, it reminded me of Peter Weller, for, and we mentioned RoboCop, but yeah. Peter Weller had to practice moving like a robot to kind of get those movements down when he became RoboCop. And it was fucking, you know, again, a great uh, imitation of what it would be like, I guess, if you had those movements or abilities of a robotic entity. So, yeah, it was badass. So anyway, but... I don't know. Even the music was good. Like I mean, and 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 again, I I appreciate the fact that they didn't go too far and crazy with the future stuff. Like it wasn't. 
It didn't, it didn't go so crazy that you're like, okay, now I'm watching Steven Spielberg's it was AI. Really Blade Runner, man. It was very, very Blade Runner in that, like, it was futuristic, but it wasn't trying to be fancy. Like, there were some beautiful, beautiful shots, like the dude's house. That was cool. I know. I wanted like, to live there. Uh, I was like, how much was your full one? Okay. Yeah, like, everyone's house and their cars were cool. And, like, uh, it just, the whole movie, the look of it, the music was very Blade Runner. It was, but not too much. Like, it yeah, didn't it copy was, off it, of it, but. Yeah, it was like the future was more functional rather than, like, fantasy. When he meets yeah. the head of this of this company that dude made me laugh several times though it's just it, it was a, it was an actor i've never seen before uh it's this blonde-headed dude and he's sitting up there doing his tony stark thing when he meets him and when the dude turns around i literally thought it was going to be jared leto i thought it was <laughs> I, I he looked I like i thought he looked like dane dehan's brother he really looked like he looked dane like dane dehan's brother off instinct the way that they played him up when you never when you didn't see his face and you just saw the back of his head for a little bit when he turned around i was like it's jared leto in literally blade runner 2049 which i haven't even seen yet but just it just felt like that to me but yeah no that guy totally looked like uh like dane dehan you know, yeah Look, I mean, guys, I mean, I don't know what we can, what else we can say really in a non-spoiler review of it because there's, it, it's not like we want we want to tell you how great it was, but at the same time we want you to go see yeah. it, and and it's we'll, not like look, we'll just, talk spoilers here. Yeah, we will. Just do okay. yourself a fucking favor and go see it. Like actually, do yourself the favor, reward yourself with an ice cream cone first and some Skittles, and then go see this movie, and then reward yourself afterwards with some sex. Because it's going to make you feel like that. It's going to make you feel badass when you leave the theater. And I haven't felt like this awesome and cool, like leaving the theater, like ever, because I am already that. But uh, since like I watched Dread, uh, when when, I, when we went and watched Dread with Carl Urban, it's been a while since I've seen an action movie that really like the the octane, the high octane, the adrenaline stuff really burst my bubbles. And I was like, man, I'm really fucking having a good time, and I'm going to leave the theater, and it's going to be great. Um, so yeah, definitely don't worry about. You know, the Halloween stuff or whatever in regards to this. Just go see it. Have a good time. Take a buddy or go by yourself. Because it's one of those movies that I think that um, it's it's a, you're able to have a good time with the crowd or you're just able to have a good time watching it and be like, I'm really interested in what's happening right now. And by the way, uh, we'll save it for the spoiler, but the end fucking rocks. Like the end is really fucking well done. And there's badass. subtle hints throughout the film and, and to the ultimate resolution of the film that you're like, damn, that's amazing how they actually slid little tiny details into uh, certain parts of the film to maybe show the end of what happened. It was, it was yeah. cool, man. So I, ultimately, we'll get into this polish here in just a, in just a second. I'm going to give this a strong, strong 8.5. I think it's 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 original enough. You know, it's it's quite original enough. I think I can't say enough about Lee Whannell's directing in this movie. Like he, the jump he took from Insidious Three to this movie is amazing and like it's it's directed so well and it's it it doesn't try to be anything like fucking hoity-toity it's just a good movie it's fun to watch it's got some badass sci-fi it's got some badass action there's a little bit of humor there's some emotion in it it's got a little bit of everything you want and it's in this condensed just 90 minute just good original flick that just it is what it is and i we really if we really want to hold on to movies and like you know what they are beyond just VOD original original movies. Um, we don't get a lot of original pieces of art in theaters these days. Everything's tied to a project. Everything's tied to something else. It's the way it's got to be. Uh, but what's it's what you gotta love about Blumhouse and Blumhouse Tilt is that these movies uh, get made and they happen because of this company. And that's, yeah. uh, everybody knows that I love them so much, and that, that's one of the reasons why. But uh, I, I give it a strong eight point five. It's got a couple problems with it. Like I said, the wishwashiness between the character. I wanted him to go full on revenge mode and fuck some shit up, and I feel like we missed out because he didn't a little bit. 
couple uh, as you call it the soggy diaper every once in a while the plot gets soggy a little, diapers little heavy and hate those soggy diapers uh, yeah but um but it's just a, it's a sci-fi fucking action blast and it's so easy to watch and take in you should you should definitely go see it yeah i'm gonna give it a 9.0 um i had some hang-ups about it for sure but at the end of the day i had a great time watching it i don't think anybody that was a fan of those 90s action flicks wouldn't have a good time watching it uh and it, it does it does show that there is still you know a demand for those kind of movies. I mean, this guy, what was his name that directed Lee it? Lee Winnell. Lee Winnell of the clan of Winnell. He went out and said, I don't care if it's if it's got the tracking numbers to make a sequel. I don't care that it's going to be a tentpole movie or not. I just want to make a really cool movie that I have a good time uh, making. Get fucked up and play cards with my friends. Let's get lit and jump off my roof. Uh, <laughs> but if... It felt like that kind of too. yeah he he just like you can tell he's an action fan you can tell that he liked those action kind of films when he was growing up and and he he threw his elements in there and he threw some graphic violent stuff in there there's some there's some horror yeah. moments right because it's like, it's kind of like um yeah he threw his own John Woo stuff in there like John Woo film and then he also threw his own Quentin Tarantino violent moments in it and it mixed so well and it's so well done with with great. Um, for the most part, acting to go along with it and a, and a good buildup of, of villains that you fucking love to hate that at the end of the day, I don't know why anybody would be like surprised that it made some money. Like, I mean, you know, it may not be. I hope it, I fucking hope it does. Like, I want it to go by word of mouth. Like, people be like, if you're this movie called Upgrips, like, y'all, like, where the fuck you been, Alaska? Like, I want it to be like that, but I don't know if it ever will. But it's, I hope it does. And I hope there's more movies like this that come out. Like I mean, and Blumhouse Tilt, which I didn't even know that that was a thing, the the Blumhouse Tilt. Yeah. Like I, I knew Blumhouse, and then if it was a horror movie, it's always that weird herky jerky girl that walks on screen, and yeah. I know I'm in for a fucking scare time. But uh, I didn't know the tilt part, so I didn't see her walking. I'm like, oh, so is that their their action? It's another department? I think Blum. I think Tilt is. I, I don't know this, but I, I think that it's their. It's where they kind of put movies that are a little bit original, but they don't really tie to a genre that they can kind of play with. A well, little I bit. like it because you know Blumhouse Tilt made me feel filth. <laughs> so, and I, you know, and I really, and I'm glad that a company like that exists where they're trying to, uh, in a way, redefine horror movies, but also uh, kind of just keep alive the idea of cool ass action stories as well. So, yeah, do a 9.0, 8.5 for Mike. Love the shit out of it. So if you haven't seen Upgrade, stop listening to this podcast. We want you guys to experience it for yourself. And it, it's making it really perfect because right at 30 minutes, uh, we'll start talking spoilers. Yep, so, so here we go. First off, spoiler thing we got to talk about is the surprise goddamn gore in that one fucking scene, right? Well, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll, start, well, you know, we'll start from the beginning real quick. We won't make this too long. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about why, what, what's going on. Uh, and I don't want to make it, like, forever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let's but, yeah, breeze so through it real quick. The main thing is is that, uh, his, his, you know, the guy's a mechanic. He's, he's fucking hanging out in his garage. And he works on cars for his life or for his daily stuff. And then his wife comes home. And basically what happens is is that the bad guys are sent out to fucking take her down with because she works for a cobalt, like a cobalt, like engine, like, I don't know, like it was like some kind of um, electronic or mechanic, I don't know, robotics company and wants to take her down and leaves him paraplegic. And after that, he's doing the whole thing that we talk about hard to kill and he gets contacted by an Aaron, I don't know, what was his Aaron Deaton? I don't remember his name. It was like Aaron something. Well, it was Aaron Deaton. I, I believe it was Aaron Deaton. He contacts him, and like he's one of the guys that that the, the main guy also been in contact with and helped him. Like he sold a car to him, 
he impl- he gives him like this fucking thing called stem, which is thing that reconnects his uh, spinal cord and makes him the badass Jason Bourne that we love to know, and and then what makes the movie so cruel, cool. But but we'll get more into that. But what were you saying? What huh? were you saying? Uh, so uh, the first fucking action scene that you get is when he finally decides to go after this shit. He he goes to this guy and it shocked the shit out of me because when he kills the guy. He sneaks into his house. The stem thing's telling him what to do, but it. I we didn't watch. We mistakenly didn't watch the red band trailer when we did the trailer reaction for this. So we had no idea this was coming. But it shocked the shit out of me because he he goes in this house and he, and the guy's like, yeah, I had something to do with it, whatever. They have fucking guns in their hands, which is kind of cool. When they're putting the fucking bullets in their biceps, it's weird, but it's cool. I dig it. But when he kills this fucking guy, he takes the knife and happy time murders the motherfucker in the mouth. Like, just shoves the fucking knife in his mouth and mm. pulls a smiley face on him. That shocked the shit out of me. That was really cool. And I think it took a lot of th- people in the theater by surprise, too, because everybody gave a gigantic gasp to that. Which is a good thing that we didn't watch the Red Band trailer, because that was a good surprise. That was a nice yeah. surprise. And when you saw that, when you, when you saw that the, the, for the first fucking... I mean, not that we shouldn't have watched the Red We didn't know it existed, but... I didn't know that part was coming, and like I knew like the whole thing when he was fighting him in the kitchen, and he was like doing that whole, you know, the glasses and shit shattering. But then when he fucking takes the knife and the and the and the stem is like, I've got this, and pulls that shit back and cuts his fucking head almost in half. Great, good time, son. It was one of those cool things. Like he just, you can sense that 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 Lee Winnell never wanted to go too deep in any direction. Like you got that little horror moment, and you're thinking there's going to be a lot of that, but there's not. There's only a couple little scenes of it. Just adds to the originality of the film, and I like that a lot. But uh, you talk about the futuristic stuff, like her car was self-driving, it was badass. You know all the stuff that's going on with Tesla and the self-driving cars that are wrecking themselves and stuff like that. I don't know if that was a purposeful play on that. But uh, the bad guy who comes up, he has a really cool bad guy moment when he kills his wife. Uh, he walks up to her and he's like, you just look like the kind of girl that thinks every man's like a piece of shit on her shoe or whatever it was he said. And then just, boom, just fucking shoots her out of fucking nowhere. And I thought it was pretty obvious when they shot him <coughs> and the way that they shot him that uh, they were coming directly from this, this uh, I'm going to call him Elon Musk. <laughs> I'm just calling him Elon Musk for fun. Who the hell is that? The guy who owns Tesla, like the space guy. You don't know who Elon Musk is? No, I don't follow the space program. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to call him that for sure. The Jared Leto looking guy who, whose house they go to, whose house was dope as fuck, by the way. Basically, he's an Iron Man, but like a oh, fucked yeah, up, yeah, okay. weird emo Blade Runner Iron Man. He owns Verizon. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, you knew. You just knew because he made fun of his shit. He was like, well, I look at your little you know toy and I see 10 guys on the unemployment line or whatever. You knew that that guy had something to do with it. And if they had left the twist at that, I'd have been like, that's pretty disappointing because it was I knew it immediately. As soon as those guys showed up, it was like that guy sent them to do that. But cause yeah, he, it was it was pretty predictable. He wanted a it guinea pig for his you know his little toy or whatever. I did. I want to say though that uh, Philippe motherfucker, like the Dane Dehan looking guy, the blonde yeah. hair, he had a badass house. It was, it was fucking rock entrance. It was, it was like a, just a rock, and then they walked down. I'm like, damn, it's a little you know presumptuous, but I, I it's fucking pretty damn cool too. Yeah, uh, it's like it would be like one of those things like you know immediately when you're walking they're like this guy has a small wiener but I mean it's no big <laughs> Dude deal. Dude didn't even have a door though. Like he had no door. Like I think what do you do with it? I think, he, I think they had a security but they ran out of money because they couldn't really show the but uh, yeah, if it rains, he had guards. Those steps go straight down you're going to flood your house. It's a terribly designed But I, but I want to say that the, the like the main bad guy with the with the uh 
what was it? Mustachio. We'll I know, but uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff Foxworthy's fucking mustache. Yeah. He, this guy looked like a 1974 French pornographer. Yeah. Like, he just looked, he had that greasy quality to him. Yeah. And he was skinny, and he didn't really have any intimidation factor. Like, nothing about him was, was screaming like, he'll fuck you up. But he had these implants in him, and he had a gang that he ran with that all had these cybernetic implants. And they were, like, former army, military kind of guys. But he had this fucking asshole attitude about him, too. Like... I know I'm better than everybody else, and that's just because I have robotic technology in my nipples. And it, it was like, dude, you're uh, like, you're a, you're a bitch, like you're a joke guy, but you have all this stuff, and without those things, you, you'd be like a loser. Yeah. But he had this, he had this attitude. I mean, you wanted him to die in the most gruesome, grisly, greasy way that you could possibly think of, because he was just a bitch throughout the entire movie. And yeah. I like that. That was a cool. Uh, kind of character development they had with him. I mean, he's not the most fleshed out, like I mentioned the non-spoiler, but still pretty damn cool. And the best part about this movie, I thought, was well, I had a lot of fun when 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 uh, he's trying to figure out who the bad guys were or whatever, and Stim tar- starts to talk to him, yeah. and then you learn what Stim can do. Like, finding out about that was really fun, because in, like, I don't know, superhero origin territory, you go into yeah, there when you're learning be. what your yeah. powers are. Way more fun than the typical version of that, but when he's talking to Stim, and he's in his house, and, they're, and he's helping him, because it's the future and you got drones and everybody has these uh, these you know chips like we're fucking dogs you know typically you can find and there's a movie about on Netflix that just came out about this with Clive Owen in it but uh, it's in the future and and you can find out who anybody is really quickly with drones and all that these people have found a way around it or whatever but one of the best parts of the movie was him investigating it trying to figure out what was going on at the same time you're learning what stim can do that stuff was really cool where it went a little bit downhill for me was when he went to the detective and uh they kind of shoehorn this detective character in mm. which everything that she had to do with i just i didn't I, care about I, yeah, at I, one point he's like why don't you not talk to me like a fucking three-year-old and i was like thank you i was thinking the same goddamn thing i think that she was a waste of space in the film i really think that she could have been in it for like one second because nobody cared about her little subplot that they try to you know shoehorn into the bad. movie it was one of the because bad, it was it, 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 it literally it was one of those things that when she would show up at the fucking house she'd a, she's a bus kill yeah. like we're having a great fucking party and everything's going thank great you. the momentum's going going and then boom exactly. hey guess what your mom's coming home early and you're fucked exactly wow like i really no... can you just call before you come over like it, it, like i don't know like yeah. I, I like maybe some of you all liked her i didn't like her um, it wasn't even her it was just like oh well, maybe no, she knows it's him like who gives a fuck we i think it was i think it was one of her characters i yeah. think i think it was one of the thing again they were trying to i don't know what they were throwing in maybe trying to add a little bit more variety and kind of like throwing in the cops and they're on to him and I don't know, but dude, at the end of the day, I, I didn't need it. I didn't want it. I don't think I don't think the movie would have suffered without it. I, yeah. I think if he had just been the one that got the the surgery, which he does, to have Stem put on his spinal cord, and then the whole movie be, being about him investigating and finding out, you know, where these bad guys are and who they are, like I would fucking love it. Wouldn't you could have cut off ten minutes of the movie for that? Yeah, I, I agree. I think they should have too. And, and what what's great when the movie's at its best is when he goes like when he goes to the bar and he's sitting there. And he's like, hey, could you? You know, it was badass. Yeah. But but at the same time, it's like, okay, are you are you? It got a little bit confusing there because like, are you trying to to hide it or are you trying to show everybody? Because then all of a sudden he, he, you know, he acts like a badass in front of everybody and almost gives it away because well, it's like I, where, I think it I'm looking back, for a man named Bucho. I think it was like 
one of those. It does come back to the point where Stim even tells him, "Don't get overconfident," because I think yeah. he was feeling like, "Hey, I'm fucking bad. I'm like a cybernetic organism from fucking awesome. I'm a cybernetic organism." Yeah, T one eight hundred. But yeah, so love a baby bug up bumpers. Yeah, there was there was there were so many cool death scenes, like the one the the, uh, the the scene with the Ginsu knife through half the fucking head's badass when he tracks down another member in the bar that Mike mentioned. And he cuts his ass up. But before that happens, he has this cool fight scene with like eight guys around him in the bathroom. And he fucks them all up in a cool-ass way. In a very Steven Seagal way, mind yeah. you. There's no, there's, not, there's no kicking. There's no crying in baseball. He uses his fucking hands for the most part and fucks them all up. And uh, that's a really cool scene. Then when he interrogates him, very intense. I will say that's the main point of this movie. It's very intense. It, when it when it gets you, it grips you. It's intense. It, it, it takes you on that momentum ride, and you're feeling fucking awesome as you're watching it progress higher and higher, and you don't know when it's going to let off. But uh, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, with the cop plot and then other little tiny things that they throw in there, you're like, it didn't need it. Um, it t- it does tend to take you out to a boring level. Yeah, and that that eventually takes you to the end of the movie. Uh, it's a short. You gotta love the the short run. I love that. They, like, yeah, they really get it right could have even been shorter, but it's it's still good. Yeah, it takes you to the end of the movie where you find out. Um, and, it, and it's obvious that that Dane Dehan's character That's set, looks like. set this whole thing up, and you find that out. But but where the twist comes in is that Stim is like. No, fuck this shit, dude. Like, I'm on, and, and also we mentioned we we forgot to mention this um, the whole hacker thing. It was cool at oh, first. Yeah, yeah. It was cool at Jamie. first. Yeah, because he's like, hey, he's 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 hacking you. He's gonna shut you down. He's gonna make you a paraplegic again. But like you said about the girl, it just kind of takes you out of the fun. I want to see what he can do. I want to see him do more shit. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see him get. His, we just saw him get his powers finally. Not his powers, but you know, we just saw him get these abilities, and now immediately we have to get him taken taken. Not away. To, not to mention from a girl. Guy, whatever. Don't assume her gender is what she says in the movie. Whoopty. Uh, but okay, but it, it does. It's it's not needed. It's it's again another part of the scene that's not needed. But again, there is one thing though that they, they do say uh, when she kind of leaves him. She's kind of hacked him and got you know the signal block from Dane Dehan from uh, Philippe. <laughs> I don't know his name. His name's not Dan, Dane Dehan, but the guy that's running the shit that we Blondie, think. Blondie, yeah, Blondie. Um, that she's like, we gotta, we can't let them win, and then she runs off into the darkness. Uh, it's like, uh, why though? Why do we need these it fucking cool. weird mystique things? Because it's not really something that we need in this movie. It was cool at first because it felt like a, uh, like a, like an almost a video game checkpoint. Like, oh, now I got to do this side. That's thing what it was. Quick. It was a fucking checkpoint. Or like, like, I don't need to be here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could have done that side or mission. It felt like it could have been like crank or some shit. Like something you just have to yeah. do. And in the middle of all of this, like, boom, here's a, you know, here's a curveball. That, that <laughs> it's, it was kind of cool in that way, but. Eventually, ultimately, it didn't really add to everything. Did you also notice that, like, when he had those fight scenes, other than uh, maybe the last, the the, the scene with uh, Jeff Foxworthy, the, the most of those scenes when he had those fights, he fucked him up really fast. Like, I mean, yeah. it was ridiculously fast. Like, he would fuck. It shows you the power of Stan. I know, but but they all are, you know, cybernetically enhanced too. But yeah. he would like let me like. There's one part where Stan is like. I'm just gonna end this quick, and the guy runs up on on the on the rooftop, and he's like fucks him up really fast, and turns his fucking gun hand on his face and blows his fucking head off. Oh, that was gnarly. I know, man. and I'm like, damn. That, that reminded me of Hills Have Eyes, the remake, when the dude blows his brains off in the shitter. Yeah, that that well, that kind of reminded you like when you're hanging out with a friend that seems meek, and then you're like, 
That guy got game. <laughs> that guy got game. He go hard. He go hard. He got, that guy got game. But, but yeah, it was. It's like, damn, he could fucking do it. That was a cool scene. It goes to the end though, and and, and there's a face off where he realizes that uh, that that um, Jared Leto's character has uh, is a part of it. So he goes after him, and Stim's in full on mode now. Like I can do what I want to, and he's he's almost telling. And one of the things we didn't like is he, Stim all of a sudden has to force him to do shit now. He's like, no, you're going to kill these yeah, people. Yeah, I didn't like that part. I'm sorry, I can't do that, Dave. Very fucking... It was. It was exactly like Dave. Yeah, uh, but, you know, I just wanted Logan Marshall Green to want these guys to die because they killed his fucking girlfriend. you, you got to commit to the life. Or wife. Yeah, that's... I wanted that. Like, I wanted just to go... Fuck, and I get I get what they were trying to do because they're trying to make him seem like an everyman, like, like a guy who's a really good guy. He really doesn't want to kill, but he couldn't make his mind up either. He's like, I want to kill, but I don't, but I'm back and forth. You know, it's, yeah, I just, trying, I just, let's just go. He's just know? like a blue collar yeah. dude. Yeah. Let's fucking yeah. stretch. Let's 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 do the Arnold Schwarzenegger thing in Commando. Let's raid the fucking local hardware slash gun store. Let's fucking strap up and go after these motherfuckers now. Like that's all I wanted. But they go to the end of the movie. He goes down and and he in a, in a main fight with the Jack Foxworthy character. Pretty cool, you know. Pretty pretty. That cool was fight. that was one of. The, I, I, I'm just glad the motherfucker died and showed his true color, like being a bitch. Because after he taunts him enough, there you know again. They're both cybernetically enhanced, and what the Jeff Foxworthy character is saying to him is like, "I want to train you. I want to make you a part of our, you know, clique and crew." And you were chosen on purpose by Philippe, blonde-haired man. Uh, this is what you're meant to do. And and you know they fight. It's a it's a very cool like up close kind of, and the way the camera moves, very very Jason Bourne actually, and Mission Impossible kind of fight scene. Yeah. And then, but. Supposedly, this Jeff Foxworthy guy is telling some great jokes because you can't go through his defenses. And even Stim says he's predicting all my moves and I'm out of options. And then he's like, do something gray, which is the main guy's name. He's like, do something. And then what he does is he starts making fun of him. Or he's like, you know, your brother was one of the guys I killed and he screamed like a bitch pretty much. And that day there was no soldier. And, and Like a dog. Yeah, so. Batman begins. Yeah. He goes, I don't have to kill you, but I don't have to save you. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Jeff Foxworthy loses control of his emotions, acts out of order, and that gives Stem the opportunity to fuck him up. And then what he does is pretty cool. He pushes, he pushes his head on a broken piece of uh, computer glass that just goes through it. I mean, it was, it, was, it was really well done. I mean, it wasn't as satisfying as I wanted to be, but it felt good. It and felt he, nice. And he quickly kills Philippe with a, with a, hand, with a knife that's stuck yeah. in his hand, just right to the brain. But what's really cool here, what the super twist is, is when Philippe tells him, he's like, actually, I'm not the bad guy. I created Stim, but I'm just doing what Stim tells me because it's even got control of me. Yeah. And Stim's been running this show the whole fucking time. He handpicked Logan Marshall Green. And then it's this fucking Terminator scene where he turns on the cop, fucking shoots her, and, and walks out of that bitch with black eyes and like it just just walks out like a badass like fucking apocalypse and ballsy as hell title drop fucking movie ends I think that yeah well yeah pretty much what they show is that um Stem is the man. Stem is Stem is a manchine. It's the fucking Terminator. He's a manchine. It's a manchina. He's a oh god! <laughs> you got to get that looked at, son. Uh, he's a basically yeah. What Stem beca- he became self aware. Yeah. He's an AI that got... He's J5. I'm alive. But he can kick ass. Everyone throw away your Alexis. But what I was going to say it's earlier... It's Alexis Stormfire. In the non-spoiler review, and I mentioned the fact that they dropped subtle hints about this, there are moments throughout it that um, Gray is seeing the uh, visage of his ex... Or his dead wife. And she's saying, I just printed a pizza. And like he's like, oh, it was so real. I had this dream. And 
or not even a dream, but they're like, well, you had a dream. He's like, no, it's real. Stim was showing him VR aspects of his wife creating this environment eventually to get him to a point to give up. Because what at the end, what he does is that Gray retreats all the way into his mind and allows Stim to take fully control of his body because Stim has always wanted to be human. And so therefore, that was fucking genius level. Perfect. Genius level because... Again, and, and and I don't know how many of you guys noticed that the, the little subtle hints and drops they had with his wife that would just show up randomly, yeah. and it was like Stim was like, "I know what you want," and I'm dropping these little hints, getting you prepared for the He's moment. Just putting the tip in, yeah, because there's one moment at the very end that he becomes pregnant. <laughs> no, uh, there's one very uh, you know that that um, Gray is fighting it, and and Stim has already warned him. He's like, "If you fight me, your brain will break." Yeah, and he's like, "No, I'm in control," because Stim is controlling the. And he, like, you think he shoots himself, and then he wakes up in the hospital, and his wife's there, and she's like, "You were in a terrible car accident." I honestly thought, okay, so they're they're gonna kind of go from here, kind of just leave it here that it was maybe some kind of test from uh, some kind of cybernetic uh, research, uh, whatever. Uh, but no, you find out that he created this whole scenario so that Gray would leave. The whole body to him. So do you know why Stim so, gets what he wants? Why why that ending is so perfect and, and so well written uh, by a guy who wrote Saul and wrote Insidious. You know, it's so well written because you get the as the as the audience member, and this has a hundred percent audience score right now on Rotten Tomatoes. You by should. the way, as the audience member, you get the best of both worlds. You know, you don't get the bullshit happy ending. But you, you, you also you get a happy ending because he's retreated to it. He gets what he wants. He has no idea what's going on. He's completely oblivious and naive. He's happy in a place with his wife now, and he's good to go. But you also get the badass ending of the bad guy winning out and walking out like a fucking boss to the Which music. I, I did like. You get the best of both worlds. I didn't want Stim to die. Great written ending. I did it's not amazing. want Stim to die. I, I felt as close to him as I did to Jarvis. I didn't want. I didn't want him to fucking. And you know what? I know he's a bad guy. And he doesn't really distinguish about killing. But he's like so he cool. Just, he wants to fucking do it because he's like it's in my way, and they want to exterminate my life. So fuck you. And I really hope. Um, also, by the way, I, I want to point out, like it, you know, some of you are like, well, it's not a good, even a happy ending in that regard because it's fake, it's VR. But you guys remember the end of Inception. You don't know if the fucking thing was still spinning. Yeah. I mean, you just accepted the fact well, that it, whether or not it was fake or a dream, he got to live out his days happy. I hope that they... I don't want a sequel. I really... I mean, now that I'm thinking about it and the more I'm thinking about it, it would be cool. But at the same time, I really don't want to see one because it's such a good standalone story. It really kind of encapsulates everything that I like in an action film. But I film. do want to know, where the fuck does Stim go? Like, what's his purpose now? What does he want to do? He wants to upgrade the iPhone. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like that, and that's that's really interesting to me because um, uh, now we'll talk about whether or not there's going to be a sequel. Lee Winnell said, look, it's not going to make enough to make a sequel. I'm sure of that. But uh, if there is a sequel, there's cool places you could go and you could go back and forth with this because imagine like, okay, so you, we get a movie now. It's, the, it's Terminator, Terminator 2. Like, Terminator at first, right, is the bad guy. Terminator too he's a good guy this is vice versa yeah. and this stems the bad guy and 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 upgrade two you maybe get to see stem uh take over logan marshall green's body and become this unstoppable force and everyone's trying to you got your good guy character now bring in a new good guy he's trying to stop uh, you got a human versus unstoppable force it's that awesome juxtaposed position where you get to root for the weaker character the underdog and then in future sequels what they could do is maybe uh in the third movie if, talking about the franchise goes really deep you could have, okay, the only way to stop him is to somehow get 
to Logan Marshall Green's character. Somehow get to him inside of there and let him know that this is fake. He's using your body to do terrible things and get this guy who you've built up as a good person who even had bad feelings about murdering the people who killed his wife to come out of that and stop himself from doing this. Then maybe you could use him as a full-on good guy who's capable of his powers, almost a superhero thing. You can go crazy places with this franchise, man. You could go full-on fucking Terminator-verse with this franchise if people go see it and it makes a lot of money, which that reigns to be I, I think it's one of those things. It's, <laughs> it, you're, you're in a catch-22 because at this point, like if you did do... A sequel to this, and, and you and you try to create a Terminator type verse, which is it's it's, it's, po- it's, it's possible, but it's it would be hard because it, it does it, it has so many different elements other than ter- Terminator. It's, it's its own beast. This one is in the future. It's got more of a Minority Report but mixed with like it has uh, a right Ready to, Player One. It or has something. a right to do the Terminator it could, thing but more I'm, than but, anything but else. But the Catch Twenty Two comes from the fact would studios get involved, and at this point. It would get it would like I could I like you know upgrade two might not even be about you know stem it might be about something uh, upgrade two the next evolution what, like I could see the studios get involved and and fucking things up and not letting that good taste nah, man, look on what your mouth. Blumhouse has done with their other sequels like the Purge their sequels. The Purge is but the Purge is a totally like, but the you Purge know. is like it's it's a totally this movie while it can. It lends itself to possibilities of sequels, and that universe is open for any kind of interpretation you want as far as where they could go. Because I think it's, I think it's honestly a, a parable about how we all are becoming more and more reliant on technology and, and technology taking over more, even so than even Skynet becoming a fucking thing. It's because Stem, Stem is AI. Like it, it even says throughout, at the end of the movie, it has become self-aware. To a point where it just wants to be human. It wants to experience. Yeah. It doesn't say why it wants to experience human stuff, but I think that's a thing. I could get to a point where it'd be stupid because now it wants to wipe out life on Earth because it doesn't think it's well, up to no, stuff. I, that's what I'm saying. I think it's a theme. I think it's a fun theme they're playing with, but I think the overall theme of the movie, like the overall meaning of the movie, is fun sci-fi badass flick. You know, I, I think that 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 whole technology thing is just kind of a subplot to it, and that's where it should stay. But either, but I'm saying, I don't know. I mean, you you can have you could have sequels to it. Or I'm fine could, with it being standalone. Or, or you could have a standalone film like Drive. Never had a sequel. It's, it's so rare. It's that, not Drive, but it's. it's I mean, it's, dri- it's so rare that you get a standalone film that I'd be fine with it being that too. I'm just saying, like that, like there's there's a lot to play with, man. If it makes the money, I would love to see. Well, imagine seeing, like, forgetting all this origin stuff and explaining stuff, and you know the character, and you know what he can do. Imagine putting that badass character of Stim as, in Logan Marshall Green's body as a bad guy and putting him in the world to fuck shit up. Like, that, it's, it'd be something, well, it'd be badass Well, to because I don't only think that Stim wouldn't be that way. He's not just a, a mindless machine with one mission. He's literally he, an AI, just, so he would we create... We just saw him born, basically. But, I mean, he would create an empire. He would be, like, you know, it, it would be a different... I don't know. You got if you guys remember Universal Soldier with Dolph Lundgren and John Claude, it should have stayed with Universal Soldier, but they took that universe Boy, and yeah. Universal it sucked ass. Yeah, but look, and look, it sucked even more yeah, ass. Yeah, but you're picking the one thing no, that has but, like the shittiest but, sequels ever. But Universal Soldier was a a, a cool ass idea yeah. and a badass movie. It should have died with that and not made sequels with right, it. Right, but that's like saying one movie made bad sequels because he never a, make sequels again. No, no, but it's not the only one. Cyborg Two, another John Claude Van Damme movie, right. was a terrible fucking but look movie. Look at Godfather Two. Godfather Two is a totally 
I mean, Godfather made sense because uh, you you have uh, Corleone. Look at Terminator Two. Terminator Two made sense even because it's time traveling, and Terminator One was one machine out of many machines, and it had nothing to do with that whole. That doesn't mean enhanced you can't make a human without many machines. No, no. But my point being is that yes, if a sequel happens, it it would be fine. I don't know if it would capture the same kind of thing, and if it does happen, it's cool. Um, either way, the movie's fucking badass. It's definitely worth people to go check out and watch it and have a good time watching it. And I think that the the uh, director, the writer, the uh, stars of the film deserve all sorts of credit because they released this movie in the midst of Halloween, you know, mania. And, you know, but basically, I mean, the guys knew it. I mean, they knew that people were going to be like, I, I mean, I don't know if I really, uh, it's Blumhouse, it's cool, but... Because honestly, I didn't even see that many trailers. I mean, I saw we saw the trailer. Well, Blumhouse is tied to the chest. I know, and, wallet, I know. But I mean, we 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 saw the trailer, and then there was a Red Band trailer. But I mean, as far as TV goes, I I don't even think I saw a, a television trailer for it. I mean, I don't even watch TV. So. I know, but if even if it popped up, it may have popped up just randomly yeah. or whatever, or or. Even on YouTube, like yeah. I've gone through YouTube videos, I barely saw an upgrade. It's trailer. hard. It's hard to say, man. I, I hope it does enough for a sequel. Uh, that's that's the question of the day, though. I guess that's the perfect question. Is that do you guys think if they came up with a really cool idea for it, like if it was really fascinating of an idea for it, would you want to see a sequel or do you want to just see it being a standalone movie? I'm honestly in both camps. Like if they in this, we don't get enough movies that are just standalone movies. Like everything has so to have a sequel, prequel, are you remake. Register it independent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, like, but we don't. We just don't get enough movies that are standalone. So like if they made this a standalone i'd be happy as shit i'm like cool we need more of that but at the same time when my brain gets going i can't help but think of some really cool places for them to take this so what do you guys think yeah i think it's one of those selfish ideas because it's like me too because i'm thinking of like uh when it when it's done really well when any kind of action film is done really well and it's you 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 fall in love pretty much with the the plot and the idea and the characters and and the whole uh, everything that's going on around them and what they're going through you want a sequel to kind of continue the story, but selfishly, it would probably maybe ruin it. Because in Drive, I mean, it was done so well, and I brought up Drive once, but Drive was done so well, and the way that movie ended, and you're like, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Drive 2 harder, like or something. And you're like, but then again, it would never capture. It would take the majestic part that's away movie, from that movie. That's a movie I don't think would ever but capture. But see, but you don't know at the sequel. end of that movie... You know, you don't know what he did. I mean, yeah. you have no idea what happened at the end of that after the credits that's, rolled. Yeah, I think that's a white horse. You know? No, I don't know because I mean, I don't know as much. I don't even know how much money it made because it was very. It was it was an actual indie film. They could, oh, they could do it. I'm just saying. I, I just it's one of those. I don't think they could ever recapture Drive. But either way, we both fucking loved it. And 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 do yourself a favor and go see it. Uh, don't worry about the Halloween stuff and just fucking have a good time and check this movie out for sure. I can't give it enough love. Fucking a, definitely go see this, guys. Give it your money. It deserves it. Hopefully for Lee One Allen. Blumhouse and everybody else that does really well. We love your goddamn faces. If you're new to the channel, click that subscribe button and get some motherfucking wham up in you. See how I switch that up? I can do what I want. Stim, take off your pants and now. jacket. No, your jacket, Jay. Put your dick away. Take, take off your jacket. It's hot in here. I know. We watched a movie. Yeah. We watched a movie. We watched it. We watched a movie. We watched a movie. Uh-huh. We watched a movie. Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets. No, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese. Or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece chicken McNuggets, juicy quarter pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish
Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price.